back to another episode of the Generational Curse Breaker podcast. We are here this week continuing our Youth Pastor Special for the month of January, which is also part of the different levels of ministry we're going to be talking about, or burdens of ministry, for the first quarter of this year. Um, thank you for everybody who listened to the previous episode. We had a good turnout for our first episode this year, but... <clears throat> I'm here with another youth pastor who in just a minute is going to introduce himself, but first we have to go over the mundane, regular podcast introduction stuff where I've got to spill out some information for your brains to receive. So, as you know, this is 2021. This is the world we are called to evangelize. This is our year as the church to grow. Um, our personal church's theme this year is to multiply. And I believe it's time to get down to business. It's time to multiply and it's time to intercede. Ezekiel 22 and 30 says, And I sought for a man among them that should make up the hedge and stand in the gap before me for the land that I should not destroy it. But I found none. The Lord turned from destroying a whole people because of one man in the Old Testament, and that was Noah. The Lord sought to destroy the children of Israel multiple times, but Moses stood in the gap. Aaron stood in the gap. If you read in Numbers 16, starting in verse 46, it says, And Moses said unto Aaron, Take a censer and put fire therein from off the altar, and put on incense, and go quickly into the congregation, and make an atonement for them. For there is wrath gone out from the Lord. The plague is begun. And Aaron took as Moses commanded and ran into the midst of the congregation. And behold, the plague was begun among the people. And he put on incense and made an atonement for the people. And he stood between the, the dead and the living. And the plague was stayed. I believe in this hour it's our time that we stand between the living and the dead to stay the plague of sin that is running rampant in this hour. Yes, COVID is running rampant. Yes, we've politic mess that's running rampant. But we must continue the fight that is more important, the fight against sin. Last week's episode, we discussed with youth pastor Brother Ben Giffen of Standing in the Gap. And one of the big things to glean from that episode was, how can I help my church succeed? If you really want to know the answer to that question, that is standing in the gap. Just as... Aaron, when he listened to his pastor, who was Moses, to go and to do as he commanded because God was ready to destroy the children of Israel as, as he was ready to destroy the children of Israel many times. But Moses found himself standing in the gap and Aaron found himself standing in the gap in number 16 between the living and the dead. Do you really want to know how to help your church out? Stand in the gap. Fill those voids that are among the church that are in ministries that your church have yet to see fulfilled because you are called to do those ministries. You are called to do the things that most of us can't do. You have a specific calling, a specific ministry for your life, and you'll find that by standing in the gap. Ephesians 6 and 12 says, For we wrestle not against flesh and blood, but against principalities, against powers, against the rules of darkness of this world, against spiritual wickedness in high places. Sin 
is a device against humanity since chapter 3 of Genesis. You, since chapter 3 of Genesis, Satan has been trying to separate us from God since Adam and Eve. And this, in last year, 2020, and in 2021, we have been fighting a war against plague, and that is COVID-19. But also, while that's going on, we are fighting a more important war against sin. And yes, we are called to evangelize this world and to pray for people to be healed and pray for miracles to happen in our generation. But as this verse says in Ephesians 6, we can't spend all our time wrestling against flesh and blood, against sickness of the flesh, against politics, against all these things that we don't like because the real nitty-gritty war happens against principalities, against powers, against the rules of darkness, against sin, and against spiritual wickedness in high places. And what we need is we need some people in this hour to stand up and say, my curse is broken. I'm no longer bound by chains. What possessed my generations has been broken here in my life by God, and I am a generational curse breaker. And on this podcast, that's what I like to remind every single one of you about every episode is that if God has filled you with this spirit, if you've been baptized in Jesus' name, if you've repented of your sins, you have become a generational curse breaker. And those things which bound the generations before you and caused them not to follow after the heart of God no longer affect you because Jesus has taken those chains off you from Calvary, from the moment that you were born in salvation, you received the Holy Ghost. We need to make up our mind that we will use the power of the Holy Ghost and call on the sacred name of Jesus and take this fight to the enemy. Make up your mind that this year you will multiply yourself and instead of being in a rut, I will confuse the enemy and do something that he could have never deviously calculated against me. This is the Generational Curse Breaker Podcast. This is information on demand. This here is relevant. This is happening now. God is happening now. God is calling now. I urge you today to answer, move, and multiply. We need to answer the call. In Isaiah 6 and 8 it says, Also I heard the voice of the Lord saying, Whom shall I send, and who will go for us? Then said I, Here I am. Send me. God's calling. Let's answer. Move into submission. In Jeremiah 1, verses 5 through 7, it says, Before I formed thee in the belly, I knew thee. And before thou camest forth out of the womb, I sanctified thee. And I ordained thee a prophet unto the nations. Then said I, Ah, Lord God, behold, I cannot speak, for I am a child. But the Lord said unto me, Say not, I am a child, for thou shalt go to all that I send thee. And whatsoever I command thee, Thou shalt speak. Your words will never be good enough. Your actions will never be good enough. But take confidence that when God is behind your words and behind your actions, you will never have to worry about being good enough because God is more than good enough. Know that before you were even in your mother's womb, God ordained you for the calling that you're going to have in your life. He qualified you on Calvary. So submit to Him. Move into submission to God's will. And then we need to multiply in 2021. Hebrews 6 and 13, continuing to verse 14, says, For when God made promise to Abraham because he could swear by no greater, he swore by himself, saying, Surely, blessing, I will bless thee, and multiplying, 
I will multiply thee. There is nothing greater to bless us this year. There is no one greater to bless us this year but God. There's no one greater to multiply our talents but God. And we need to make sure that we're investing our talents in 2021 and letting God do what he has promised and swore by. And God said he could swear by no one greater because there is no one greater than God. And we need to let him do what he has promised. Answer, move, and multiply. That's all I have for introduction, but we do have the segment I like to do each week, um, which is the song of the week. And uh, if you've been listening to apostolic music lately, you've probably heard of the song Forward by the UPCI music ministry that was just released probably a week ago on Apple Music and Spotify. If you haven't heard it, go listen to it. That is the apostolic song of the week. So I hope you're listening to these. I hope you're putting them in your playlists. I hope you're gleaning from just the anointing behind our great apostolic singers we have in this hour. I really appreciate the work that they're doing, writing songs that we can sing with oneness and holiness and truth in them. So if you're listening to this and you're thinking about writing an apostolic song, go ahead and do it. You're thinking about writing a song about the oneness of God, go ahead and do it. You're thinking about writing a song about how the Holy Ghost makes you feel and how much you love God, go ahead and do it. We need more music that lifts up holiness and lifts up apostolic doctrine in this hour. And the person that's going to do it is you. Just know that. God believes in you. I believe in you. This podcast believes in you. You are a generational curse breaker. It's time to answer, move, and multiply. This week, as I stated earlier before this really long, out of nowhere, 10-minute intro coming to play, we are going to have, or we do have, Brother Matt Gallimore with us today. Actually, technically, I'm with him. I'm at his house. Uh, This is podcast on the move. So if you do hear any background noise, just don't even think about it. Um, Brother Matt Gallimore could tell you as a father of four children that this is probably the quietest it's ever been for him in this house in a long time. So... Uh, but it's good to have Brother Matt here, or I guess maybe it's good to be here. Brother Matt, why don't you just go ahead and just say a few things, test out the audio a little bit for us here. I'm glad to have you in my house, Brother. Um, and as Brother Texas said, this is very much the quietest my house has ever been. Um, matter of fact, as we sit here through the introduction, I uh, don't know if some of you may have heard it, but I had a child of mine running up and down the hallway. So... Uh, there's never a dull moment in the Gallimore house, uh, but uh, as we talked before, uh, four kids is fun to have. Uh, we there we always have something going, uh, but it's it's fun when you have prayer meetings at home and your children are praying and you see that. So there's always a blessing in every in every ch- child that you have. So I'm just thankful to be on the podcast today. It won't be too much longer, and I'll have a screaming running child of my own around the house so i might be calling you for some tips i got um, plenty of them (laughs) here soon so but you know me and me and brother matt have a few things in common uh we have a burden for youth ministry and we also both married into a pastor's family we married orton's brother yeah we both married (laughs) orton's so you know we have that family connection um but, Brother Matt, for the listeners out there, why don't you just go ahead and tell us a little about where you grew up and a little bit about your childhood, what it was like, and then 
let us know if you grew up in church or not, apostolic or not. Just how was your upbringing? Well, I grew up on the, uh, actually I would say the church pew, but actually underneath the church pew uh, at Lone Star here in Madisonville. I grew up underneath a lot of great men of God. Um, as a baby, I got to hear messages from uh, Jimmy Russell. don't remember none of them because I was so young. And I slept through most of them, but uh, know that that was a great man of God. Uh, grew up listening to people like uh, Brother Jason Cisco. He would come in at a young age and and uh, preach messages to around here in this area. But grew up without a uh, youth pastor. Yeah. And it, that as at a young age, uh, you know, we had Sunday schools, we had things like that, but. Uh, nothing against the churches that I was in, but we just really didn't have a whole lot of things that would keep a young person in. Yeah, I uh, understand. As, as um, Brother Ben Giffen spoke about with standing in the gap, you know, there was just a, not a lot of people in that age group that was willing to stand in the gap. Yeah. Um, and so uh, if you look back on a lot of people that's my age, you would see a lot of people who was in church that wasn't in church anymore. And so, yes, I grew up apostolic. I grew up... Uh, parents who was apostolic uh, that did take me to church did tell me how to live show me how to live that they was uh, great examples but as I got older uh, just didn't just didn't have no glue to stick me there and I got out got on drugs got on alcohol um, lived the life on the other side of the tracks brother I mean yeah. uh, you know and when I can tell you you hear you hear a lot of people say that it's greener on the other side. It, I promise you, I've been there, I've done that, and I've got several T-shirts in that area. And the other side of the fence, the other side of the tracks, it's not worth it. Yeah. Uh, so, you know, I, I grew up. I had a great childhood. Um, I have a lot of memories of family. I have a lot of memories of church. I've had a lot of memories of some friends that, like I said in church that was in Sunday school with me that they're not in church no more. Yeah. You know, I look back and actually, if you want to know the honest truth, I'm probably the only one that's in church now out of that group that we had friends with. Yeah. So uh, it was just, it was a very hard time for us. Um, and now, uh, you know, being apostolic, uh, especially being an apostolic young person, brother of Texas, you know as much as I do, it's hard nowadays. Uh, growing up in, as a young person uh, because you have to stand up and stand out in yeah. front of the, the group of people that, that we live in nowadays and it's just hard. It's hard to be that yeah. it's hard to be that uh, sore thumb if you want to say you know those that go to school I agree. Um, when they walk into the to the schoolhouses and they, they're going into their classes and you know it used to just be girls that stuck out you know because obviously we know that our women, our girls have long hair and they yeah. wear dresses and stuff. But nowadays, even the men stand, stand out. You know, there's yeah. something different about us. And and that's that's one big thing, of, you know, in the apostolic church and the rankings that we're in. Um, it's just being different, you know, yeah. dare to be different, you know. Yeah. Um, one thing you mentioned there, talk about, you know, obviously doctrinal the women stand out with modesty as displayed in the Bible. 
Um, but, you know, something overall, just apostolic people stand out. When you go to, like, a Walmart, you can just kind of tell. And, you know, um, I, I want it to be like that when people look at my life. I've been listening to this really good book uh, that I mentioned to you earlier called The Book on Prayer by Ken Gurley. And he talks about in there just having the fragrance of God. Yeah. Just being in his presence where when you go out, people can just look at you and they can just tell this man, you know, this woman, exactly. they've been with God. This young person, they've been with God. Um, and that's that's the most important aspect of all because if you're like that with God, then holiness is going to come. You know, you're going to understand doctrine better. That's We need to get the fragrance of prayer. Well, I don't know if you remember when you first got the Holy Ghost. Um I remember um, the day I got the Holy Ghost. I was knelt down to altar and God filled me with the, with the Spirit. And you know, I was I, I can remember going. I was back in I was in college then, and I can remember going back to some of my friends and them looking at me and they'd be like, "Something's different about you." You know, uh, I wear glasses, and so when I'm at work and if I ever put my contacts in, some everybody's like, "Something's different about you." You know, I don't know what it, what it is. It's a visual that they see, but yeah. when when you see a sinner get the Holy Ghost and they walk into their workplace or their school or whatever, people automatically realize. It's like in the Bible, you know, whenever they said they said whenever you see the the face of God, they they, they would have a white glow. You know, there's something different about you whenever you've been yeah. in, the, in the presence of God, whether it be in prayer, whether it just be in a good church service. You know, yeah. you could just be in a good church service and. And, you know, people getting the Holy Ghost and, and dancing and shouting and, and things like that. And you walk in and you're going to look different. Yeah. You're going you're gonna to look different because you've been in the presence of God. Yeah. Uh, talked about your childhood. You know, you said you had a good childhood. You grew up under the pew. Um, you know, you said you, like, went to church, but, you know, you just weren't really ever in church. And I, I, can, I can understand that, you know. My family, they got involved in Pentecostal Church when I was probably about eight or nine and you know early on a lot of my family was very involved and over the years they started to fan out started to peel out you know then that's when I started really jumping in you know because I got older and I realized hey you know this is this is where it's happening this is this is is where it's at you know you know it took me a few years to get there not until I was 17 when I finally got there you know we, we have we have a that similarity of uh, when we were older realizing hey yeah. you know this is this is really what I need in my life right but you talked about how you mentioned you didn't have a youth pastor yeah. um, one of the things here I'd like to discuss is just uh, talk about your early view of youth ministry talk about when you got introduced into youth ministry not becoming youth pastor or student pastor but when you first finally saw a youth group functioning how what was that like what are some memories of that or some things you'd like to say about that yes uh, so when I was younger like I said I didn't have a youth pastor so um, we had a youth group but I don't ever remember going to sectional rallies or I don't ever remember uh, actually having activities to where these youth groups got together and actually became a youth ministry I don't ne- I don't ever remember uh, as you see nowadays, uh, youth pastors taking on the the ability to be able to say, okay, we're going to be called, as ours is, a Blaze Student Ministries, and give yourself an actual yeah. name to say, okay, this is what we are. We are, you know, I gave I gave that ministry because you know I wanted my young people to be on fire. Yeah. So we're the Blaze Student Ministries, you know, and I want us to be, 
I want us to have a vision and 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 have a um, a, a theme every every time because I want us to be able to have something to look forward to. You know, and I don't yeah. ever remember as a young person having that. Uh, we just didn't have. Uh, you know, our young people. Although we had a great amount of young people, but we never had a relationship with our young people. We yeah. never had nothing that. You know, when you go to school and you say, hey, my my young people at church is getting ready to get together and just play basketball, or my young people at church is getting ready to have a Bible study, or my young people at my church are getting ready to do this, we never dealt with that. Yeah. So there was nothing to say, hey, I'm a part of something. Yeah. So as, as my early view of young of youth ministry uh, was not there. Yeah. You know, and so I had, with with that, you know, I, as a, an adult now and as a youth pastor, I... I live off the mentality that if somebody doesn't do something with the young people then somebody else is going to yeah so as a youth pastor if we don't reach the young people then somebody outside in the world is going to eventually reach our young people and steal them away from us and so which is what happened to me you know i went to church and i went to sunday school and I, i was kind of that Sunday school student that sat there and kind of crouched down in my seat and didn't really pay attention to the lessons and for all those that are listening if you know if you're young people don't follow what I'm telling you because <laughs> now as a pastor and a, or as a youth pastor and a preacher I wish to God that I would have got in church back then and stayed in church yeah. back then and studied my Bible and, and got a prayer life back then and and because where would I be now if I would have got in, and I just I just taught this in my class the other day about, you know, where would I be if God would have got a hold of me then, or not if God would have got a hold, of me, but if I would have allowed God yeah, to get a hold of me. So back then I didn't have a youth ministry, and so I'm I'm looking at youth ministry about, which I'm showing my age of being 35 this year, but about 15 years ago whenever I started youth pastoring, uh, you know. That's when I first got, cause I come to church, I got in church 16 years ago. Yeah. You know, so I was in church for about a year whenever uh, my preacher's wife slash mother-in-law. Yeah, I know what that's like. <laughs> was talking and she had a burden. She had a burden for the young people and she was crying out. She said, we just need to do something. And we, we started out being the voice of youth and she kind of played youth pastor, but needed some help because... Uh, obviously she was pastoring and helping pastor and things. So she just needed some help. And so that's kind of how I even become in youth pastoring. But, uh, that's, that's how I seen youth ministry was, it was kind of like, Oh, youth ministry. Okay. Well, you're a youth pastor. Yeah. You know? And so then I'm like, okay, well, what do I do? And and all all of a sudden I started getting all these young people coming to me and, and with, with, uh, problems. Yeah. You know, All right, and I'm like, how do I fix these problems with these young people? Because whenever I had these problems, there was nobody there to fix my problem. Yeah, I understand. You know, and so it, it was just hard because, like I said, my view of an early youth ministry was not there. Yeah. And so I'm looking back where a lot of youth pastors have an arsenal of stuff in the back that says, well, this is what my youth pastor done, so this is how I can handle this. You know, I remember... I remember going to the youth pastor's office and saying, hey, you know, hey, brother, I have this issue. And all of a sudden, he just knew how to handle it. And so yeah. now, whenever, I, and, and you turn around and you start applying those same 
issues and same ways of fixing things, and I didn't have that. Yeah. Um, one of the ways I can kind of get with you on that is, you know, I'm about to become a father, or technically I am a father because my wife is very, very close to delivering our son Corbin. And, uh, you know, I didn't have a dad when I was growing up. You know, my dad was there, you know, and he kind of got out of my life. You know, he tried to pop his head back in every once in a while. You know, I'll give credit to him for that. You know, I love him. If, he's, if he listens to this and know that, I, lo- I love you, Dad. But, uh, you know, looking back now, there's a lot of things that I'm insecure, you know, partly about about being, a, you know, a dad because I didn't have someone there, you know, teaching me how to do this stuff, yeah. you know. But, you know, among those insecurities, one of the things that I can, I guess you say, put confidence in, is the fact that I just know that I'm going to be there every waking moment for my son. And as a youth pastor, just being there for your young people, not just physically showing up to church and, you know, if they've got a problem, letting you say that problem, but being there for them in prayer, standing up for them in prayer, making sure that you've got your shield ready, you've got your sword ready, you've got the full armor of God on, ready to help these young people get through these terrible stages of life that they have to deal with right now because there's so much peer pressure you know young pregnancy there's so much you know alcohol and drugs that are just forcing its way into our young people's life and we need student pastors we need youth pastors that are standing up and you know saying that you know i may not have had a youth pastor telling me how to do this when i was a kid but i know that in this moment, I'm going to be here for you. I'm going to pray for you. I'm going to knock on God's door for yeah. you. You know, I'm going to do whatever I can. I'm just going to be there for you. That's one thing that we don't need to forget. Um, well, sometimes the lack of is a plus as well because you can remember, I can remember being a young person and needing somebody to answer a question. You know, and so in my mind, I'm thinking as a youth pastor, well, when I was in their shoes, what did I need? Yeah. What was it that I lacked when it, without a youth pastor? Or what was it that you could lack without a father? So now growing up and having Corbin yourself, it was like, okay, well, I remember being at home. Or, or, or let's just go to, to, you know, into this like this. I needed somebody to teach me how to change oil in a vehicle. Yeah. I needed somebody to teach me how to fix my hair as a boy. I needed somebody to teach me how to get up every morning and put my pants on. Yeah. You know, and just something like, okay, I'm getting older, Dad, and I need somebody to help me learn how to shave. Well, yeah. Mom, you're, you're going to have to take on that thing. So now growing up, you're going to be that one that says, hey, Corbin, let's go out here and change the oil, buddy. Just, to, you know, let me show yeah. you how to do this. It's hey. because I can put myself in my younger self's shoes yeah. and be like, okay, so I was feeling this way at this age, you know. Yeah. It's like, you know, if my dad was here right now, we'd be playing catch. Sure. So, you know, I could be thinking, Corbin's like, you know what? I want to play catch with my dad. Catch, so I'm yeah. like, all right, I'm up to do that. And young people, it's the same way. It's like, you know, I, w- I was your age. You know, I, as a young person, I, I knew what it was like to be in- engulfed in pornography and yeah. dealing with that kind of stuff. You know, I know how dangerous it is for you to be with sure. alone with your phone in the middle of the night. So I can relate to you on that level and put myself in your shoes yeah. and help you get through that. That's a huge part of youth ministry. Yeah. I believe it's very important. And one thing that you talked about earlier was a, having a relationship with your young people. That's one thing that my youth pastor has done right is he's had a good relationship with his young people. And may, we've not ever really had a 
huge youth group of the people that we've had have come through and they remember my youth pastor yeah, because yeah. of the impact he left on their life. And the big part of the reason why I'm here is because my youth pastor yeah. left a huge impact yeah. on my life. And that's what youth ministry is there to do. It's to impact young people because you don't realize how strongly you can imprint on a young person's mind at, at, at a young age, how malle- malleable their just thinking systems and their brain systems are. And we can sit idly by and allow worldly music and pornography and TV and just explicit things this world just loves today to form and to mold that mind. Or we can take initiative and develop spiritual relationships, appropriate spiritual relationships with these young people where you know we're not just their friend, but we can correct them. We can give them grace and truth, as we talked about with Brother Ben. Yeah. And then behind closed doors, we can scream their name out in prayer, and we can knock on God's door for them, even when when they need it and they won't say they need it. You can yeah. do it anyway. Well, you know, there's a harsh truth in this. Of we just went through an election, and God knows that some people enjoyed the way the election went and there's a lot of group of people that didn't enjoy it you know uh not being biased either side on this but we all know where we all stand yeah but um the truth the harsh truth is this there's young people who have who could have came to god in the middle of all this but there's been a huge major area of people that has been caught up in politics for the past X amount of months, for, yeah. for the past year. Yeah. People's been caught up in, in COVID, and they've been caught up in politics, and they've been caught up in all this stuff that doesn't matter. Because in the long run, Trump gets it, Biden gets it. No matter what, God's yeah. coming back. True. And we, and we have to focus on one thing. And, you know, here's the deal. Youth ministers, student pastors, youth pastors, any one one of them that listens to this podcast. You might think as a youth pastor that you don't have a big part in the church. I'm not a pastor. Okay, I'm not a pastor. I I don't don't have what's so-called a pulpit. I don't have a building. My name may not even be on the sign outside of the front of your church. Okay? But in the long run, how many times have you seen a young person get ministered to and they go home? Your church, Harvest House, is full of bus ministry. Yeah. Okay? Matter of fact, Brother Texas, you was a bus minister. Yeah. You was a bus kid. You know, and so so many times you see these young people come in and just like you're talking about with your youth pastor, he comes in and he develops a relationship. Not the pastor. Although Brother Daniel did develop relationships with you guys, but we're talking youth ministry. Yeah. So Brother Jacob developed a relationship with his young people. He developed in his in his Sunday school class. He gave Bible studies. He done all this. He he gave up his sleep on New Year's, many a nights. Yeah. And even even, even the I know being family have watched them roll into New Year's Day at, at uh, Mamma Fuller's house, rolling in with their eyes half swelled shut because they gave up their night of sleep to gather you guys together mm-hmm. and have 
have sleepovers and have all this stuff. They they've developed so much of a relationship with y'all that that was a youth pastor doing that. So these young people would go home and y'all even bring in adults off of just saying, Hey, you're part of our youth, let's invest in you. Yeah. Hey, you're part of our youth, let's 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 try our best to pour in the spirit of God into you. Let's pour in relationship into you. And then when you go home you have nothing to do but say, Well what'd y'all learn about church? Well, this is what we learned about. We learned about God. We learned about oneness. We learned about holiness. We learned about yeah. we learned about all this kind of stuff. And you know what, Mom? God loves you. And yeah. then now, all of a sudden, because you developed a relationship with a young person, they go home. They develop a relationship with Mom. And now, Mom's in journey. Yeah, it's happened so many times. So, youth, young youth ministry people sometimes don't understand that. No, I'm not a pastor. No, I, I may not have my name in the spotlight. But if I can reach one soul, if I can reach one young person, yeah, then I, if I'm not mistaken, is y'all's youth ministry not called Reach? Yeah, Reach Youth Ministry. Reach Youth yeah. Ministry, and that's what y'all done. You guys have reached Marion. You guys have, have reached young people, and I, I know section rallies and ever <laughs> ever sectional person that listens to this podcast knows, and they can all come on here and tell you. You're very seldom going to beat Harvest House when it comes to the sectional rally. Harvest House has kept that banner more than anybody. Yeah, because quite a when few it, times. When it comes down to it, Harvest House is going to bring the kid. Yeah. Um, you know, and a lot of that has been extreme blessing from God, I believe. And in this hour, more than ever, we need to continue that thread. Youth ministers continue that thread of just bringing young people into church. Young people. Because this podcast, yeah, it's a viewpoint from a youth pastor's side, but it's also for the youth out there that listen um, to this podcast and adults who listen to this podcast just to kind of understand what the burden of this ministry in this hour is. Don't quit reaching out for young people. Don't quit trying to pull them in, you know, doing whatever you can in your youth group. Yeah, We need to get them in here. We need to get the truth in them at this age so they can be prepared for whatever ministry God has for them in the future. I don't mean to sound aggravated when I make this comment. No, go ahead. But, bro, I'm just going to be I'm gonna be a little bit aggravated when I say this. I cannot stand to hear a person say that the youth group is the church of tomorrow. That's the biggest garbage yeah. that you could ever put through anybody's ears. Our youth group is not the church of tomorrow. They're the church of today. They can and definitely that, be used. And as, as a youth pastor, you don't realize how aggravated that, that we get sometimes when you hear people say that because it's like, if they're the church of tomorrow, I have them in here. Yes, you're training them. Yes, you're teaching them. But I've heard young people pray. I've heard young people speak in tongues. Yeah. I've heard young people minister and reach other young people. And for somebody that says that the youth group is the church of tomorrow has no vision for the church of today. True, I, and I, I, agree I don't. With that. I don't mean to sound aggravated when I say that, but I've heard that for years. People say the youth group is. I, I understand. And what you do when you say that is you take that the 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 goals and you take the vision of that young person and you scratch their eyeballs out and you tell them that you're not worth nothing to get out of my church. You'll get you'll get to that later. Yeah. He's like you you'll can't have up. that right yeah. now. You'll you're get to that enough. in the future. Tell David that. Yeah. Tell him that whenever he, stepped, he, he he was sitting there just, just practicing on that field. 
you know, and I just imagine he probably heard it from his brothers. David, you're just you're just a little ruddy kid. You're you're, you're not somebody that's ever going to amount to nothing, you know. But but then all of a sudden here he is, David, the young person, the the youth group, yeah, who stepped up in the battlefield. And and bro, I'm I'm telling you, I, I have been in church services where adults were sitting there and and were sitting on the the ministers or, or sitting on God and and not moving. Yeah, or, or could have been like could have been like Saul standing up behind the rock, but all of a sudden here come that youth group, and here come that young person who who decided you know what I, I'm not going to sit here and watch these older ones these adults not worship God, and I've watched church services open up because a young person get up and run around the church or a yeah. young person get up and lift their hands and all of a sudden the spirit of God break out and that church just going to the biggest revival you've ever seen all because a young person stood up. You yeah. tell David that he was too young, that he was the church of tomorrow, but he was the one that stood up in the battle and said, is there not a cause? Yeah. And that I, I just, I can't, I cannot stand to hear people downgrade a young person like yeah. that. There's a, there's a clash that you describe that young people deal with. And that's exactly what David dealt, dealt with. The fact that he was anointed to be king, but there was years Oh, that yeah. passed before he stepped into that yeah. kinghood that that what God had had Samuel anoint him for it had years before although he was anointed he was covered in the oil yeah. They, yeah. Samuel told him he would be king he still had to return back to that field back to watching his day. dad's sheep his father's sheep could you imagine the words that went in his ears I thought you was anointed king boy yeah. what are you doing out here watching daddy's sheep still yeah, that's you know, I mean, young young people, man. There's anointings. Mm-hmm. I deal with them every day. Truth Apostolic Church has some has a great group of young people, and I deal with kids who feel who don't feel worthy. Yeah, who don't feel who who can't even hardly half the time open their eyeballs and see that God can and will use them. Yeah, and is wanting to use them. One thing. Uh, we had Youth Week last year with Brother Marcus Blake from uh, CFO in Ashland, Kentucky, which is Christian Faith Outreach um, under Brother and Sister Easterling. And uh, Brother Brother Blake, if you're listening to this, thank you so much for that Youth Week, man. But some of the things he left us with, we had an outside service. We lined up all our young people, and he began to throw at them tough questions. He was like, how many people here feel like they're not good enough yeah take a step forward yeah. you know how many people here feel like they're unworthy take a step forward it's like you know how many people here just feel i mean how many people here get encouragement at home you yeah. know yeah. take a step forward stuff like that what's slipping through the cracks in this generation is commending our young yeah. people for doing what they're doing right i mean coming to church getting in that church van and with all those people with a sometimes a bus that doesn't have heat doesn't have air conditioning going hours to youth rallies going hours to youth camps you know just for showing up yes we need these young people need to feel like they're appreciated in our churches they i mean young people that show up one service get them involved you know that we need to get our young people involved in the church whether it's maybe you just throw together a quick youth choir just so you can have them feel needed maybe it's you just 
you know, you let them read a verse in Sunday school. Stuff like that is what got me in the church. The investments from my pastor and youth pastor and in me in music ministry kept me coming back to the church. And it ain't got to be perfect. No, absolutely when they, when not. When they sing in that choir, don't expect them to be absolutely perfect. Don't expect them to sound like the church praise team. Yeah. But when you talk to them and you and you encourage them, make them feel like they sound like the praise team. Absolutely. They, you, you, that's awesome. You've done so great. Because the very first time that you give them that negative outlook, you, you've ruined everybody. I, I talked this other day to our young people. I said, you know what? I said, you can build something in the church kingdom, and you can build, it can take you years to build that. But one negative comment. Yeah. One moment can ruin that young person's life. Yeah. Yeah, and encourage, lift up, tell them that there is greatness inside of them. Tell them that they are worthy, that they are worth something because yeah. in the end they are because God gave their God gave his life for them, for you and me, and all of us are worth way more than we could ever even imagine. Um just to kind of start taking us to a closing avenue we're going to skip some stuff here but what are some goals that you have for your youth group this year that you would like to see play out as who i am you know i bought a, I bought a pretty nice size marker board and hung it up on the door to my office and you know i was like i'm gonna update this weekly i'm gonna check boxes i'm gonna get stuff done and one of the main goals I put on that marker board was become a goal-oriented person. Yeah, yeah. And that's one thing I struggle with is being goal-oriented. So what are some goals that you have this year for your youth group at TAC? Well, first of all, biblical goals can be almost uh, transferred over to being a vision. Yeah. That's your vision. And the Bible says well, without a vision, it's people perish. So yeah. Without a goal, without something to look forward to, absolutely. Um, and as, as a as a youth pastor, uh, I mean, you got the obvious, brother. You you always want your young people to get the Holy Ghost. Yeah. And that's that's a desire of every young pastor. If not, then you shouldn't be a youth pastor. Yeah. You know, because it's that burden driven youth pastor that says, I, you know, I'll stay here with you until midnight if I have to. You know, i got to get up and go to work in the morning, but I'll stay here until midnight if I have to Yeah, to get you to, to get the Holy Ghost, you know. And, um, you know, that that's one main goal. But, you know, the, my main goal this year is just to get my young people to develop a relationship with each other. Yeah. Uh, you know, uh, don't know if you guys deal with a lot, a lot of this. Um, some churches do. I, I just, you know, I don't deal well with cliques. I don't deal well with these three over here fighting with these three over here. You know, yeah. church shouldn't be Hatfield and McCoy. Absolutely. You know, we should all love each other. We should be able to, we should be able to, to be in the same room with each other. You know, mm-hmm. the Bible says, "How can you love him, him who you haven't seen when you hate?" Them that you do see, and yeah. I just—I I didn't quote that exactly. That was just paraphrasing. Yeah. But I mean, how can you be hating the the group across the road or, or, or across the aisle, and but yet you're you're standing up behind a pulpit talking about you love you love God and you love yeah. God and you know and and things. It's just relationships. I, I deal with that so much that that pe- they need to develop relationships with each other. They need to develop friendships, um, and. You know, this is 2021, um, and 
let's just face it. God's coming back. Yeah. Don't know exactly when. You know, he could come back tomorrow. He could come back in 40 years. We don't know when, but God's coming back. I do know one thing's for sure. We're a day closer today than we was yesterday. Yep. So no matter how you look at it, God's coming back. Um, uh, and our goal should be to make it to heaven. Mm-hmm. I heard a preacher say this just the other day. Uh, matter of fact, if I'm not mistaken, it was Brother Jakin. Brother Jakin Norton, when he was preaching at our church, he said, he said, heaven should be the least thing yeah. that we're going for. Yeah. You know, and if you don't have a goal to make it to heaven, then you don't have very many goals, just to be honest with you. you yeah. know? And so I want, I want to make it to heaven. I want our young people to make it to heaven. Uh, but I want us to be faithful, you know, and I don't know if that's too much to speak, too much to say. That's the mouthful of some people being faithful. You know, I get it, but to be faithful, to be faithful to youth functions, uh, to be faithful to, um, to church and speaking to every youth pastor that's listening. I, you know, let's just be honest. I I get it that parents are going to not allow their kids to come to some functions. Yeah. Okay. And as youth pastors, that hurts. You know, you're going to have a youth function and nobody's going to show up. You're going to have a youth function and it's going to be you and your wife and maybe your kids. But Harvest House was developed off of Brother Daniel and Sister or Sister Cheryl and Jake and Beth. Yeah. That's what it was developed off of. They went to church and they had Bible studies together. You know, and they could have done that at home. Yeah. But if they would have done that at home, you would have never been where you're at right now. Yeah, that's true. You know, and so so being faithful in the small things, and God will give you the rest of the things that he has in store yeah, for you. That's so, true. You know, I've been I've been youth pastoring for a long time, and, and that, that that rings in my ears quite a bit. And I'm, I'm th- getting ready to be 35 years old this year, and I realize that, at some point in time, you age out of youth department, you know. But for the time that I have left in youth department, I want my young people to be faithful. Mm-hmm. I want my young people to get the Holy Ghost. I want us to have a desire. This year's NAYC, and I'm pushing my young people to go to NAYC. Yeah. Uh, can't wait for Legacy again. Yeah, Legacy my, my, Retreat was my very young, good. My young people are going to Legacy. Uh, I'm very thankful for the burden that Brother Seth Houghton has for for this area. Yeah, uh, I'm pushing Legacy. I'm pushing it hard, 110. percent My young people are going to hear Legacy from it, from from the time we leave Legacy until the time we make it back. My young people hear Legacy. That because, and I'm and I'm pretty sure when they made that, that's what they wanted. They wanted to leave a legacy. Well, they didn't just leave a legacy in young people. Yeah. That, that legacy is going to be, I want to be a part of that legacy. Yeah. And so uh, my goal is to make my young people, you know, youth ministry doesn't always have to be about fun activities. But then again, it don't always have to be about a Bible study every time either. Yeah. Youth ministry is all about relationships. Yeah, it's all, it's all about connecting. That's it. It's all about being connected with those that you're with. Um, and bro, there's ministry. There's ministries that are waiting to bloom and blossom underneath us. Yeah. And sometimes, as a young, as a youth pastor, 
I don't know if, if you guys have ever, ever ever felt this way, but sometimes I feel like I've even held some ministries captive. And Brother Jake and preached a phenomenal message at our church the, the other night, Arrow. Yeah. It, sure was, it was wonderful. And as a youth pastor, my goal, my goal for TAC is I don't want to be a bent bow. Yeah. I want my bow to be straight, and I want to put every arrow in my bow, and I want to shoot them where they need to go. Yeah. I want to shoot them as far as they need to go. If my young person wants to go to uh, a missionary field, I want to be that person. Because, see, talking completely out of church, I played sports in high school, and I had a baseball team. And as we was talking earlier, me and my me and, uh, my wife was telling you that uh, I actually went and tried out for a college baseball team, and I got on the team. They gave me a scholarship, and I never went. Yeah. But the reason why I had to go try out for the team is because my coach that I had at the time didn't go out and recruit different places to come look at us. So yeah. we never had nobody come in and recruit us because we didn't have nobody out there pushing for us. And so if God wants one of my young people to go off onto a missionary field and I'm not willing to push him or push her. I'm not willing to push him out and say, hey, that's what God wants you to do. You go do it. Hey, what if it's my own child? What if God calls Malachi to be a be a missionary? Am I going to hold him back or am I going to allow him to do what God wants him to do? I mean, you know, my child, that that's going to be hard to do. Yeah. You know, because it's very easy to say, you know, you know what? No, that's my child. You're going to stay here under my wing. I gotta trust God. That Definitely. was a phenomenal message, and that's my goal. Is I want to be—I don't want to be a broken bow, but I want to shoot them out where they need to go. Yeah, that's awesome, man. I think that's a really good point that we can just kind of linger on, just kind of end there. Um, but before we do end, just in kind of a short, just quick statement. If there's anything you want people to remember from this podcast, anything that you would just try to get across as a really strong point, what would that be? Just something you could say to anybody out there listening. Youth pastors, invest in your young people. Give them everything you got because they deserve it. Yeah, that's absolutely true. Uh, but thank you, Brother Matt, for your time. Uh, in closing, next week we're going to have my youth pastor, um, Brother Jake and Orton, on the podcast next week. So be looking for that. Uh, and then the month of February is going to be Pastors Month, and the month of March is going to be Music Ministry. I've reached out to some people who I desire to have on this podcast, some people that you've heard of, some people you may not have heard of, some behind-the-scenes folks who do a great job at their level of ministry. Um, hopefully, God will bless this podcast, bless us with connections, and I can try to get some good content out to you guys, but... Uh, remember, if you want to contact this podcast host with any ideas or you've got something you want to say on this podcast or you have some constructive criticism or some compliments for me, you can contact uh, contact me at my email for this podcast, which is gcbp.ty at gmail.com. So just hit up that email. I'm available pretty much anytime. Um, but thank you so much for listening. And we'll catch you guys in the next episode next week. Thank you.